contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. In times of spiritual and moral chaos, it can be hard to discern truth from error and to apply it to all of life. God's word is not silent, and we don't have to be either. This is Once for All Delivered with Caleb Castro and Andrew Smith. Why am I hearing the intro coming in another place? I hear it too. <laughs> Good job, me. Okay, I fixed that. Nobody else could hear it. It was just you and me. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Once for All Delivered, a podcast of inane and juvenile banter and occasionally helpful and serious discussion of things. Um, I am Andrew Smith. And I am Caleb Castro. And I believe the phrase is uh, inane and juvenile discourse. Oh. Yes, our, our brand new tagline. <sighs> yeah. Or maybe not. Probably not. <laughs> Who knows? Probably not. <laughs> um, trying out some new streaming software tonight. So as you can tell, we've... Uh, well, you can't tell because that problem that we just had doesn't affect any of you. It just affects what Caleb and I hear. We were hearing two copies of the intro music out of sync because this is the hazards of live broadcasting. Uh, insert pun on related to out of sync with a reference to uh, the late 90s boy band NSYNC. Yeah. Witty Caleb banter. Will, Caleb will demonstrate some dance moves. Yeah, definitely not. He was not the lost sixth Backstreet Boy. I was not. That was Burke Parsons. He pastors R.C. Sproul's former church now. <laughs> Good to know. Um, so, anyway. Speaking, speaking of, of uh, dance moves and boy bands, you are watching Once for All Delivered. Yep. <laughs> and we are live on the YouTube um, we're working on maybe improving some things and actually like streaming to multiple platforms at once in the future, but our ambitions often exceed our abilities. Uh, but what we're here to do tonight, you know, we've been uh, hitting pretty hard lately on cultural issues, on controversies. Last week we had our Pride Month episode, um, at least the first one i don't we don't plan to come back to it but the way pride month goes there could always be more there uh before that uh we did what did we do before that well i believe that was ai we did oh, yeah. episode Artificial on ai and ethics yeah and so uh gonna go i don't know about lighter but uh you know we want to kind of maintain the balance yes we're interested in uh the intersection of theology and culture. That's a lot of what we do. Uh, but we do like to do pure theological content and the study of scripture and things of that sort. So we're returning tonight to an occasional series that we do uh, called Comparing Catechisms. If you're joining us for the first time, uh, so I am a minister in the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. Caleb is a minister in the United Reformed Churches, which as you see in our nice little scroll bar at the bottom, at the if you're watching the video, you can see what our churches are and where their websites are to get more information. Uh, but so because of that, 
Uh, we've found it to be an interesting study to uh, study our two sets of confessional standards side by side. And what we've been doing is we have been going through the catechism, specifically the Heidelberg Catechism, and then uh, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, with a little help from the larger catechism, and basically following the order of the Heidelberg because it got here first and it's organized neatly into Lord's Days. So basically using the Heidelberg for our structure, but seeing uh, what both catechisms side by side teach about these issues. And so we have done uh, the equivalent of four Lord's Days of the Heidelberg so far, and tonight we come to Lord's Day 5, uh, dealing with the demands of sin, what must be done because of sin, and then looking at that and looking at the parallel texts, similar texts, similar issues in the Westminster Catechisms. That is true. All that that you have said is true. Uh, yeah, well, comment on, uh, actually, just to start off here. Um, so we're uh, now starting this being uh, Lord's Day 5, and we'll be looking at question and answer uh, 12 and 13 uh, according to the structure of the Catechism, like Andrew was saying. Uh, but this, this, this is uh, the first Lord's Day on uh, the uh, part two of the Heidelberg Catechism. Um, those who are familiar with the Heidelberg Catechism uh, or have listened to one of our earlier, uh, our first introduction episode, you'll know that the Heidelberg Catechism is uh, broken up into uh, three parts, um, basically following the Romans road of the book of Romans. But basically, part one concerns uh, our sin and our misery. And uh, part two has to do with man's deliverance from his sin and his misery. Uh, part three then follows how man is to uh, uh, be thankful for his deliverance. And we call that part of the catechism, uh, the section on gratitude. But here in uh, on part two on deliverance, um, you'll see uh, actually it, it's a fairly interesting uh, Lord's Day because in, in a sense, one almost might think that it could be uh, that at least questions and answers uh, 12 and 13 could belong to uh, the first part of the catechism. So we'll, we'll come back to that in just a moment. But uh, if. Now, if you are if you are watching at all via live stream, then you'll see we have a fancy slide with question and answer 12 there. But we'll read it out uh, just in case you're just catching us on the audio. So question and answer 12. Uh, according to God's righteous judgment, we deserve punishment both now and in eternity. How then can we escape this punishment and return to God's favor? And the answer, God requires that his justice be satisfied. Therefore, the claims of this justice must be paid in full, either by ourselves or by another. And, and question and answer 13. Question 13 is that can we make this payment ourselves? Answer, certainly not. Actually, we increase our debt every day. So we'll end the reading there uh, until next episode uh, where we'll pick up the second half of Lord's Day 5. But uh, before turning it over to Andrew here, I just want to make uh, just a fun fast, one last comment on that. Um, like I said, these questions and answers, uh, again, could almost seem to be a part of uh, Lord's Day 4 or still a part of 
uh, the section on sin and misery. It's talking about judgment. It's talking about punishment. All right. It, it's talking about uh, the payment of that punishment. Okay. Uh, it talks about the increase of our of the depth of sin. So perhaps not really optimistic. Uh, you know, gospel. Uh, you know, gospel sounding uh, phrases that we like to use, and yet this is. Uh, this is notably truly a topic of deliverance, uh, which I can come back to in a bit. But Andrew, any comments, initial comments? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can see this is the pivot. It's sort of the transitional uh, the transitional Lord's Day of the Heidelberg from the guilt section to the grace section. You know, while being under the section on grace, the section on deliverance. And fitting there, yeah, it could just as well go with the previous section. It's what it essentially gets us from sin and misery and all these things we have talked about before, gets us from there to what Christ has done uh, for our sins and misery. Yeah, so the uh, part of the explanation I find really, uh, really interesting at this is, uh, so first of all, um, to sum it up, we, we, we don't come to the gospel uh, without really learning our sin first. Uh, we need to know our sin and our misery. Um, and uh, as a side comment on that, uh, this is where, uh, you know, say people are doing street evangelism. If you do street evangelism, duh, uh, maybe you're using a gospel tract or something like that. Does that tract just jump straight into the good news, the love of God, and, uh, you know, all of that? Great stuff. Does it start with that or does it or does it walk through at all why we need God's love? Does it talk about uh, why we can't do this ourselves? And this is essentially uh, just at its core what's behind question and answer 12 and 13. Um, just a just a note here. Uh, uh, I want to read a quotation uh, from. Um, one of the authors of the Heidelberg Catechism, um, Zechariah Sinus, um, Zach the Bear, uh, he wrote a commentary Zachy on Zachy Bear. So we'll, we'll refer to him now as Zachy Bear. So Zachy Bear wrote a comment on a commentary on the Heidelberg Catechism. We probably shouldn't refer to him as that, but uh, <laughs> but uh, we're going to need stickers made of that. Actually, that's a better idea. So. Uh, he actually explains this transition. Uh, so he starts off saying, having shown in the first part of the catechism that all men are in a state of eternal condemnation uh, on account of not having rendered the obedience which the law of God requires, we're next led to inquire whether there is or may be any way of escape or deliverance from this state of misery and death. So uh, what, what he gets into here is is that What's presented here is the question of the possibility at all of uh, an escape from punishment. And I, I find that always a fascinating word that that's used, that, that we could escape a punishment from God. And that, that's, a, that's another aspect that I believe is, is well forgotten in a lot of evangelism when we talk about sins um, and when we talk about uh, when we talk about conversion, if you will, or being born again, um, are we including what it is that we're being saved from? 
it, it's not merely our sin nature that that's 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 the the if you will the 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 cause but what we need escape from and deliverance from is god himself it's from the wrath of god and the uh the catechism uh, in question answer uh, question 12 is already very clear on that um in fact if you went back into uh lord's day 4 uh and listened to our comments on that you'll see that the questions in lord's day 4 are basically objections that people have um to punishment um but uh, Lord's Day 5, question 12, reminds us that God's judgment, his judgment of, of, of wrath, is righteous. It is holy. It is pure. It is not vindictive, but it is a holy anger. Um, and so that, that's what we must be escaped from. And, uh, and in fact, God isn't going to just go, just forgive and forget. And so the, the catechism asks or uh, pardon me, answers the way that we escape this punishment and return to God's favor is a, uh, that, that it requires a satisfaction for sin. And I'll come back to that in a bit. Uh, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a very important point you make about evangelism. Um, so much of evangelism in our day uh, has imbibed a lot of the cultural thinking about Christianity and even just the the thought processes of the world, things like, well, you don't want to be too judgmental. Uh, but part of the necessity of, of people recognizing their sin, recognizing that from which they need to be delivered from, is, yeah, you have to confront sins. Uh, sometimes you have to confront specific sins. We were living in an age where people love to equivocate about sins because there are some sins that are more or less acceptable in our culture. Um, it's easy to pick the sins that uh, don't apply to us as much, or it's e or it's e easier also to uh, pick the minor sins and then flatten all sins out and see, well, so the little white lies are just as bad as if you murder somebody or commit adultery and all that. And it's really not. And we've already talked about that. We, uh, I think we talked about that some last week, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, uh, this is kind of a trite statement. I learned back when I was a Baptist evangelical. So take it with all the requisite salt, but it was <laughs> essentially, you've got to get people lost before you can get them found. In other words, people have to recognize their sin and misery in order to recognize their need for the gospel and the power of the gospel. And what this Lord's Day does is it uh, basically makes the indictment. It basically uh, states the case, the situation we are in. Can we do anything about this of ourselves? No. Uh, something must be done. The penalty must be paid. And we cannot do it. And and so it basically, this is why it, it goes into the section on deliverance, because it sets us up uh, for what has been done uh, for us. Uh, but pivoting to the Westminster standards and what they have to say on similar issues. So as we've talked about before, but just by way of review, the Westminster catechisms, uh, both shorter and larger, uh, follow a slightly different structure. Um 
big picture, kind of similar. The first part of the Westminster Catechisms, both of them dealing with what man is to believe concerning God. And then the second part dealing with the duty God requires of man. But the way within those sections they're broken down is a little different. Um, so, and then we've talked about before too, the Heidelberg being more subjective, being more about uh, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for my life, my Christian experience? Whereas the Westminster is just more uh, objective, to the point, factual. And so with that in mind, as we looked at question 12, the texts that uh, most closely parallel the issues that we see there, um, we have shorter catechism question and answer 84. Uh, which is the indictment for sin that comes from the Westminster. What doth every sin deserve? Every sin deserveth, God, deserveth God's wrath and curse, both in this life and that which is to come. I think we've actually looked, this one has come up before, but it mm-hmm. is most fitting probably and most in place here. And then also the parallel from the larger catechism. Uh, question 152 what doth every sin deserve at the hands of god every sin even the least so we can acknowledge even the small sins you know coveting little white lies things like that that maybe have the fewest temporal consequences even those little sins being against the sovereignty goodness and holiness of god and against his righteous law deserveth his wrath and curse both in this life and that which is to come. And then it it goes, it gives away the ending a little bit. And cannot be expiated, uh, cannot be taken away, cannot be removed from us, but by the blood of Christ. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, you see, essentially, the indictment. What has to happen because of our sin? Uh, well, what does our sin deserve if we were dealt with? with on a principle of strict justice every sin deserveth god's wrath and curse both in this life and this is where we've talked about this before there are temporal consequences can be temporal miseries that come because of sin you know all the bad things we experience in this life even the fact that uh you know i um you know, I worked out earlier today, I lifted weights, and now my back is sore. In a perfect world, that probably wouldn't have happened. Um, <laughs> I realize that's a that's a small and, and, and trifling example. But, you know, just all the things in this life that kind of testify to us that the way this world is not the way that it's supposed to be. Um, all the temporal miseries. But also, the wrath and curse, both in this life and in that which is to come. And this is another thing that sort of gets at our modern approaches and thoughts dealing with evangelism because it seems like the worst thing you can do in our age is talk about hell. Talk about the reality of eternal condemnation. Talk about the fact that um, if your sins are not atoned for by Christ, uh, then you will suffer for them for all eternity. You will suffer for them for all eternity because uh, you can't even pay any of them off. Uh, You must suffer eternally because not only do you have uh, your guilt and sin and Adam's guilt and sin and all that comes with that, uh, but kind of maybe looking ahead a little bit to what Caleb said when he read question 13, uh, we increase our debt every day. Not only are we not able to make any sort of payment for these sins ourselves, anything we do just makes it worse. 
Just by living and being, we make it worse. We dig ourselves into a deeper hole, which, um, another text from the Westminster that is relevant in relation to question 12. Uh, this is one that we'll probably treat more in detail when we get into the discussion of Christ's offices. Uh, but one of the offices, particularly the office of the priest and the way that the Westminster talks about it also, uh, is pertinent to some of the issues we're taking up in this Lord's day. Um, how does, how doth Christ execute the office of a priest? Christ executeth the office of a priest in his once offering up of himself a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice and reconcile us to God and in making continual intercession for us. Particularly this part about to satisfy divine justice. If we're talking about God, what God's justice requires and what is done for it, um, we see this in Christ's priestly work. We see this in the sacrifice he makes. He has to do it because we cannot. I think that's uh, I think that's that's uh, good that you you bring up uh, this uh, uh, the priestly office of Christ. Um, when I when I uh, had done a sermon on uh, this Lord's Day on Lord's Day five some several months back, I uh, actually used uh, a text from uh, Genesis twenty two on um, uh, Jacob. Uh, uh, pardon me on on Abraham. Um, you know, obeying the Lord to offer up Isaac as a sacrifice, um, as a, as a burnt offering. And, uh, you know, when, when Isaac gets to, uh, you know, when, when they're, when they're, when they're taking off to go to, to Mount Moriah, Isaac asks, you know, Oh, you know, Hey father, I see the fire in the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham says, uh, um, you know, God will provide for himself the lamb. And, and that's, that's exactly it. I mean, already there uh, in Genesis 22, you get this enormous foreshadowing of uh, the lamb of the atoning sacrifice, um, you know, that uh, on that same mount where, um, where Abraham would bind Isaac on the pyre, uh, Mount Moriah uh, later on is, uh, is known as uh, Golgotha. And the place of the skull where Christ is placed on the cross as the, uh, as the innocent lamb sent to the slaughter for our sake. Um, I, uh, I wanted to point out also though, um, I wanted to point out, uh, Romans chapter two, um, uh, Lord's, uh, question answer 12 cites, um, Romans two, one to 11. I'm going to read just part of it. Um, but this, this really gets at the, the nature of the necessity of this satisfaction, um, uh, the, the requirement of satisfaction. Uh, so Romans 2 from 1, from verse 1, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges, for in passing judgment on another you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O oh man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet to do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? 
but because of your hard and impenitent, impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will render to each one according to his works. Uh, that's a key verse there. It's verse six. He will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. And that's 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 really the I mean, that, that's a very good uh, scripture text to go with it. Um, I mean, that that is the gist of what. Uh, this Lord's Day is getting at, uh, particularly in this first uh, half of it. Uh, basically, we we remember the the role of the law in um, the role of the law in uh, that, that it binds all men to obedience. Um, uh, and if men perform according to obedience, then he is saved, or that or I mean, then he's then he's then he's fine. So obedience requires performance. Um, but then the other end is if you don't obey the law, then uh, you face punishment and punishment requires payment. And so there's there's two ways then of making satisfaction, either performance or payment. Now, the the, the issue is then, as, as being said in, in Romans 2, no one can make this payment for another uh, human nature, which has sinned, can offer this this payment for himself. Um, but likewise, fallen man cannot perform uh, the 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 things of the law um, perfectly and entirely. And that that's what the previous Lord's days have been emphasizing. And so, on on one end, uh, Zacharias or Sinus uh, speaks about this this first aspect of obedience requiring performance. He says this is the legal satisfaction for payment. Or sorry, well, the legal satisfaction. Um, but then on the other end is the evangelical or the gospel satisfaction, which is a, a payment by another. Uh, payment by another, and this this is what brings in the necessity of well or, uh, of a mediator, um, and so. Uh, like Andrew had already said, question 13 is already strongly showing. No, we, I mean, it, it's so short because it's to the point. We cannot make this payment ourselves. And right. we are going to increase our debt. Yep. And then to that, the Westminster adds, and this is another one I think we've looked at previously, but it comes back here. Uh, shorter catechism question and answer 82 is any man able perfectly to keep the commandments of God because that is the standard uh, the Westminster standards elsewhere talk about well, what was necessary uh, for life on the basis of works perfect personal perpetual obedience you have to keep it all you have to keep it yourself you have to keep it forever and none of us have done that um no mere man since the fall is able in this life perfectly to keep the commandments of God, but doth daily break them in thought, word, and deed. So we have something similar to what we see in question 13 of the Heidelberg. We are continually adding to this debt. We are continually sinning against God. We uh, continually uh, dig the hole deeper. If we are trying by our work, like 
just think about this. I don't know if anybody else did this, but when I was a child, uh, uh, you know, when I didn't have a really well-formed idea of sin and things of the like, um, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to sin today. I'm going to be perfect today. Um, and even as a child with childlike innocence, I never made it very long. I'd always find something to do. I'd end up getting in trouble somehow, disobeying my parents, uh, being mean to my sister, something like that. You know, there's always something. None of us can do this. This is why, you know, even in our worship, even as Christians, we make regular confession for sins because we acknowledge, you know, every week and every day we are still sinning, thought, word, and deed. Uh, because all of those are sins that count against us. It's not just the sins we do. It's our sinful desires, you know, our thoughts. It's the things that we say, the things that we type, you know, on the Internet. Uh, and then, of course, the things that we do. Well, and this and this is uh, uh, now I, and this this is this is the the the. Uh, what's the word I want to use? This is how how wide uh, and deep the scope of the satisfaction must be. Um, I mean that the the URCNA's uh, uh, edition of the Catechism uh, on question answer twelve uses the 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 phrase God requires that His justice be satisfied, but that same word satisfied uh, could be translated or found as uh, deliverance in other editions. Um, we're a fan of deliverance around here, right? We are a fan of deliverance, and, I, and both both are adequate. But I, either one requires uh, the a, a either one requires the explanation of what is meant by satisfaction or deliverance. The um, our show title it is once for all. The uh, but we we remember that like in in previous Lord's days, uh, um, you know, the Catechism spoke about what uh, you know we we lost the image of God. It was shattered in the sense of our righteousness, uh, a true righteousness, holiness, and a right knowledge of God. Um, so there's there's that in terms uh, uh, there's a deliverance that needs to occur in terms of a restoration of uh, of our image, a renewing of our image um, into something that's pleasing in the sight of God. But then we also have um, from a couple Lord's days ago, we were talking about original sin. That consists of original pollution and our uh, and our original corruption. So both the sin that we have inherited from um, from Adam, but then uh, also our holistic or total uh, depravity um, that we are totally just inclined uh, a propensity to sin. Uh, so it's so it's it's a there's, there's, it's a threefold aspect that has to be uh, taken care of. So the deliverance or satisfaction is a loosening from the bonds of sin. It is a, um, it is a purification um, of our corruption, our, our, of our rather of our pollution, and it is a, uh, and it's a restoration into the image of one who delivers us, one who is more righteous than ourselves, even perfectly righteous. So I think, I think, uh, yeah, anything more? And we're touching on the next question and answers, I think. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be a little, little briefer here tonight. We've been doing some really, really, really long shows. Um, want to, 
And we may still do some of those from time to time. What we're going to be probably kind of doing going forward is we're going to be uh, interspersing uh, maybe the longer live stream shows with some shorter shows. You might start to see some pre-recorded shows. Much as we would love to get on here and do an hours-long marathon live stream every single week, you know, we've got other things going on, families, ministries, things like that. So we want to keep contact. Yeah, contact. Well, we would love to keep contact, too. So (laughs) email us and write us and all that. And some of you have, and we appreciate that. Um, Got some things I'll be following up with, uh, emails, and maybe some things we'll even be talking about in the show. Um, So, yeah, stay in contact. But also, yeah, we want to keep content coming out regularly. Um, And so uh, we'll have some pre-recorded episodes. We'll still probably... I'll premiere them at roughly the same time on YouTube. Might even be there in the chat if you want to chat and uh, hang out and talk about it. But uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep it a little briefer tonight. So it's true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Get out of here, James Blunt. Shout out to our friend Robert Carrig in the Philippines. Shout out to our friend James Blunt. Wherever also he may be. our friend James Blunt. He's not really our friend. We never He's not. knew him. No. Um, wow. When we, were, <laughs> when we were in seminary together, we had a really bad tendency to just spontaneously break out in that particular song. We or Robert? Well, Robert would start it and then we'd all <laughs> just kind of end up along for the ride. It's true. <laughs> My life is brilliant. <laughs> next, uh, next week we'll have a pre-recorded, uh, a pre-recorded hour of Robert singing. Uh, pardon me, of Andrew singing James Blunt in that exact voice. Give a new meaning to blunt force trauma. Ha! <laughs> Put <laughs> insert. Anyway, this has been. The inane and juvenile, what's the word again? Discourse. Discourse. Let's be real, we deserve that. (laughs) It's true. I Uh, I wholeheartedly embrace it. (laughs) Yeah, we thank you for joining us for comparing catechisms. You got a little bit of of theology in there, discussion of the consequences of our sin. We'll be continuing this series. Uh, We'll finish off this Lord Day and move on to the others thereafter. Uh, not exactly sure what we'll be doing next week. We'll be doing something, but as it gets closer, you know, follow our social feeds, sign up for our Substack on our website, onceforalldelivered.com. We send out emails usually a couple days in advance if we're doing a show and what it's going to be about, um, you know, all the ways to stay connected and you'll know what we're doing. And I'm sure whatever it is, it will be just amazing and you have to be there. Unless it's not and you don't. I'd want to be there. Well, you have to be there. I am there. Actually, there was that one time I did it without you. But then there was that one time you did it without me. That's true. I'm not bitter. There's that. I'm really not bitter. It was fun. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so. Well, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you for joining us. Uh, Once for all delivered, you can reach us in all the usual ways and places. If you don't know what those ways and places are, if you're on the video, they're scrolling on the bottom of the screen. The big one's our website, onceforalldelivered.com. You can find all the rest of it there. Thank you for listening to this episode. 
For the latest news and updates, visit our substack at onceforalldelivered.com, where you can also support our work with a paid subscription. You can also follow us on social media at OFAD Podcast. If you like what you have heard, leave a five-star review where you get your podcasts and spread the word about the show. Once For All Delivered is hosted by Andrew Smith and Caleb Castro and produced by Andrew and Heidi Smith. A special thank you to our founding members, Eric and Kathy Hepker. We hope you will join us again next time on Once For All Delivered.